Asia and the Varnia, my father's people. My father was already a widower, saddled with the burden of two young children, so he had nothing to lose by throwing his lot in with the Aesir. In return, they made us certain promises. Njord, my father, was given control of the seas. Freyr, my brother, was given control of the harvests. And I was left with a tainted realm of love. Over time, I've come to represent love's failings. Men and women turn to me in equal numbers. They bring their broken engagements, their shabby infidelities, their star-crossed romances, their spent marriages, their unrequited passions in hopes that I will have a cure. Sometimes I do. More often, I do not. For what they don't know is that our world is an elaborate conceit. The gods have no real influence over the lives of men. We are nothing but totems. We occupy the space that men create for something larger than themselves. Few who dwell in Asgard understand this. Fewer still would admit to it. But false belief underpins us all. And as for the sharp spear of love, it too is a deceit. Long ago, in another life... I was wounded by its impact. Now I know that solitude and self-reliance make far more loyal bedfellows. Though I've been married once before, now my bond is to the earth and the sky and the mountains that surround me. My home, says Rumaga, lies in the south of Asgard, snugly in the lee of Mount Hecla. Her vast glacial peak rises up behind me like the imposing neck of a triumphant queen. Hecla's moods can be capricious. One moment she is stark, calm, majestic. The next, wild, dark and menacing. But I am thankful for her presence, for it is she who orients me when I take to the skies, and she who brings me back to earth. My tale starts and ends with Hecla. And I will tell it as it happens, in the manner of the bards. Fuller. She craves the unexpected. Each day she rides her horse across pockmarked fields of blackened lava to the hot pool, her servant Helga two strides behind. And each day she prays her life will somehow burst its narrow banks. But the gods do not listen. Her future was set out long ago, like runes carved in stone. She will reach the age of consent, marry a man of her grandfather's choosing, and bear him as many sons as she can endure. She will watch her boys grow into stout young men, learn to wield the sword and axe, and die violent deaths, just as her father did. Already there is talk of such a marriage. Fuller hears the murmuring by the fire, her grandfather and other godi of the region. They huddle together, their eyes wet with drink, and speak in hushed tones that she must strain to hear. Again and again she hears the same word issue from their lips. Norway. A place she has heard of, but never seen. Eight days' journey across the sea. A lifetime away. She hardly dares consider what they are planning. Marriage to a foreigner... A man of unknown age and temperament, whose name she cannot pronounce? She loves her grandfather, but she does not know whether she can live the life he has ordained for her. 
In a sudden fury, she leans forward and urges her horse into a run. He leaps ahead, happy for the opportunity to sprint. She gallops as hard and as fast as she is able, her teeth clenched tight, the ground beneath her a blur of motion. But after a minute, she hears the strangled wail of Helga far behind her. Perhaps just once she'll ignore Helga's calls. No, not today, she thinks resolutely. For the pull of duty is like a weight about her neck. She slows to a walk and waits for Helga to catch her up. The older woman shoots her a look of consternation. What race is this? Helga demands. We saw a snake, she says. My horse, frighted. Helga eyes her for a moment, weighing her words. Fuller does not remember when she learned to lie, only that she is surprisingly adept at it. After a few minutes, they reach the end of the lava.